And this isn't a complex program by any means. That's why I kind of thought it would be a really good one to try this with is it's got five subroutines and it's fairly basic. So let's just take a moment to go through it. The main routine really is just breaking into various different subroutines. And we get some scaling because there's some analog. And yeah, I mean, all of it's fairly basic, but all right, we got some sequencing. And so we can, you know, talk a little bit about sequencing. Okay, and I didn't say, you know, if there's, if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat. I'll try to remember to look over occasionally and and answer them. Let's see, then we have an output. This really is just really just grouping all the code together. Here's all the outputs for it. And then there's some alarms. And so we've got an identical system, but in this case they wanted it to be with the Micro 800 PLC. And so a couple things. First, there is an automatic conversion and I really dislike it. Um, in fact, let's just go through it. It doesn't take but a second. It has this MicroLogix to 800 converter. And let's see, let me export the file. So to use this, you get a file and you're going to save as. And then typically you're saving as an RSS file in RSLogix 500. In this case, we're going to save it as a SLC file. So we're going to save. And then we're just going to select that file over here. And our documentation will be the same. And in this case, we're using a 2080LC50 48QBB. And so it does import everything and you can see we've got oh we got about 42 warnings that we need to go through but let's just look at it some honestly i haven't really looked at um, many conversions on this but okay it is breaking our subroutines into user-defined functions and probably that is the best way that's not how i'm actually going to do this program i'm actually just going to make multiple programs and huh. Now I hadn't actually looked, but already did. It does make kind of a TON conversion. That may even be worth a video. As yeah, it is converting the TON into more of what we're nor used to seeing in RS Logics 500. Let's see, scaling. Again, it doesn't look bad. You can see it couldn't figure out exactly where this analog input was. So there'd be some mapping. But here's where I start to have a problem with most of these conversions is this was F80 in the previous program. And that is how the data structure works in RSLogix 500. But we have so much, many more options in Connected Components Workbench with tag-based addressing. So I see conversions done like this and they just don't make a tremendous amount of sense. And if we go on into sequence, we're probably going to see some of the same thing. Yeah, so in this case, if we go back to our RSLogix 500 program in sequence, let's refresh my memory here, then yeah, we were, we were using actually a long integer to sequence through this, and it was L90. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't use L90 if I could name it something. I would probably name it sequence. So while this this does get you the rough structure for your program, it it I just don't I think you're gonna spend a lot either one of two things are gonna happen. You're gonna spend a tremendous amount more time trying to straighten out the addressing, or you're gonna put it in there like this and really hate yourself later down the road when you need to troubleshoot it. Okay, so let's just close this out and then we're going to start a new program and we'll just call this PH and we're going to create it and then for my controller I have a Micro 850 PLC and it's going to be a 2080 LC50 48 QBB that'll be it and this is you know because somebody asked me when i um posted that i was going to do this so well why would you not just use another micro micrologics 1400 this is a neat new feature of version 13 is when you select these it'll tell you whether they are actively supported or whether they're on the obsolete list and so the micrologics series the well the 1100 and the 1400 are on what is called active mature and that means that they are still supported but there is not going to be any further development done on them and so in those cases they're great for obviously replacement plcs and you know they're still good plc but looking into the future they're on their way to being phased out so th this is a neat new feature though, is it tells you right here whether this is an active model or whether I assume it would be, it would show that it was active mature or something else if it wasn't. So we're going to select that and we're going to be using version 12 and add to project. And just to add another variable into this, this is actually version 13 of Connected Components Workbench and it's the first program I've written with it. So we'll see if there's any pitfalls to that. Okay, if we go back to our program that we're converting, we're going to start by just building out this structure. So we have a main routine, a scaling, a sequence, outputs, and alarms. So we're going to create those, and I'm not going to do it in the user-defined ones. You could do it that way, and that probably is a more direct conversion, but I'm just going to create programs for each one of them. So I'm going to right-click, Add, and I'm going to add a ladder program. And then I'm going to name it main. And then we're going to right click add and we're going to add our scaling. And, I, and honestly, I know this is supposed to be a direct conversion, but scaling in math, I'd usually do under structured text and then I'll add a little variety. So let's create a structured text program and we'll call it, let's just call it calculations. That'll be the one that we do some of our math in. Then next we have sequence. Right click, add, ladder. We'll call this sequence. And then outputs.
And finally, we have alarms. Now, unlike if we had made these user-defined function blocks, in this case, each one of these programs is going to be executed. And they're going to be executed in the order that they are here, which means it's going to be pretty much the same, because up here, we go to main, well, we have, a, we have an AFI, which is an always false input, and we won't even need that in connected components. But really, this program jumps to the scaling, and then to the sequence, then to the output, and then to the alarms. And that's the end of the program, and it's going to come back around and do it again. So this is going to do the same thing. We're going to execute the main calculations, sequence, outputs, and then alarms. And then we're going to do it again. And it is in exactly the order that you have them here. So if I take the outputs and drag it up above sequence, that is going to change the order of operation of that. So I'm going to put that back down. But yeah, then if we actually look, we're done with the main program. Now, chances are when this machine actually goes into service, there'll be something in here, and I don't even know what it'll be. But we're actually done with the main program because we have the always false input and we've replaced our JSRs with these. So now let's go on to our scaling. So in our scaling routine, it looks like slot two input zero. All right, that was our tank level and it's zero to five. So we're just going to do some, uh, we're going to make, um, a structured text example of this. Oh, but I didn't add my I.O. module. So yeah, I created the Micro 850 here, but down here I have an expansion module. I have a 2085-IF8. All right, and let's just go ahead and look at what we have and what we're using. So we're using one, two, three, four. So we have four of those inputs we're using. And it looks like they're all set up for four to 20 million. But if we're not sure, we can double click on our IO configuration and then double click on the 1762 IF4. Go to analog input and yeah, we're four to 20 milliamps on all four channels. Alright, so channel 0 is enabled. I think all these are probably enabled by default. Yeah, and I'm just going to leave all of them enabled. They're all default configured for 4 to 20 milliamp and for engineering units. And so I should have got that up already, but engineering units, let me just Google 2085-IF8 scaling. Just make sure I'm right on this. Yeah. Okay, so if we look here, here's the manual. We have, um, here, what are we on? Page 8 of, let me go back up what manual is this. Google's awesome, but sometimes I don't get all the details. The Micro 800 Expansion I.O. Modules. And if we go down to page 8,
then we can see what our engineering unit scaling is going to be. So we're configured for 4 to 20 milliamps here. And at first it may look a little weird because the scaling is showing 3200 to 2100. But if we look down here on note 4, it says the full range value of and a 4 to 20 milliamp is going to be 3.2 milliamps to 2100 mil to, I'm sorry, to 21 milliamps. So that's where we're getting this value from. 3.2 milliamps is 3200 and 21 milliamps is 21,000. So 20 milliamps is going to be 20,000 and 4 milliamps is going to be 4,000. We can scale it in between there. All right, put that over here. Okay, so let's go into what we label our program called calculations. And then, yeah, we need to, well, one, we need to, well, we haven't even talked about where our um, IO is. So now, oh. And I didn't catch this. So I'm in version 13 and all of a sudden it was a little bit of a struggle because I normally use the logics view. So I'm going to switch over to logics and this, and I got to tell you, Rockwell, y'all have done a great job of really massaging this. This is really starting to look a lot like Studio 5000. So and that's why I love this view. It makes it really easy to bounce back and forth between the two softwares. But so just like in Studio 5000, our IO is all going to be up here in our controller tags or controller variables. And if we double click on it, here are all of our, well, first our outputs show up. And I've never figured that out exactly, but we're going to start with our outputs and then right below it is our inputs. And so what this actually says is IO, which means it's part of our inputs and outputs, EM, which is that our embed, means they're embedded. And then we have a digital output, and here is 0 through 19. And then right below it, we have DI for digital input. And we're going to have 0 through 27. And then we scroll down a bit more. We've got some system variables here. But then we have IOX1. And what that means is this is your first expansion module. So up here, oops, how do I get there? There there we go. I added an expansion module as that IF8. And so when we look at it, expansion one, and it's an analog input, and there is zero through seven. And so these are gonna be the ones that we're gonna wanna scale. We wanna go ahead and, actually we should go ahead and put some descriptions in before we go too much further. So if I go over here, and well, I can see them all here, but let's go ahead and right click and go to data table. And input number two is going to be tank one level raw. So I'm just going to go over here and I'm going to label this one as tank one level raw. And then we have tank two level raw, and then we have tank two pH. Actually, have a spare there. Okay. So tank one level raw, tank two level raw, 
and then tank 2 pH. And then let's go up and level and label all of our description, all of our inputs and outputs while we're at it. So if we just use our box down here in the bottom left, we're going to go to outputs first. So O. And then let's see, we have zero is a spare. And then one is going to be an alarm light. And then two is going to be a buzzer, then a spare, and then pump one. So alarm buzzer. Fair. Whoops. Okay, now, so I am putting these as aliases. And what's really cool about doing this in Connected Components is it makes it where you can type the description or you can type the actual address. Now, I could put it over a comment, but I don't want to do that. So I'm going to change spare here. This is going to be spare03. And then we're going to change spare up here to spare 00. All right, so the number four was pump one. And number five is pump two, and then chemical pump. number seven is going to be valve one pump one to tank and number eight is valve one pump one to tank two all right so valve one pump one to tank one and we have valve one pump one, two, tank two. And then number nine. All right, valve two, pump two to tank two. And valve two, pump two to effluent. Valve two, pump two to tank two. Valve two, pump two to effluent. And then we have a number 11. All right, it's spare. So one, I'm gonna hit, let's drag this out just a little bit so we can see it all. And I'm gonna hit the usage here and okay. So those are the only outputs that are used on it. And okay, then our inputs down here Let's see. Actually, yeah, because I'm trying to think. I don't think there's any discrete inputs used on this. 
Oops, no, I'm on outfits right now. No wonder I'm like, this doesn't look right. But no. Okay, let's go there. Okay, there are a few inputs used on it. So we have input four, which is emergency stop pressed. And before somebody says it, no, the emergency stop on this is hardwired. This is a signal to let us know that it is pressed. So input four is going to be emergency stop pressed. And then input five is going to be 24 volt or 24 VDC power OK. Then we have an alarm silence and number nine is a downstream interlock. Okay, so I think that covers all the descriptions. I'm sure I missed some, but that'll get us going. And all right, now we could start on the scaling here. So this first one was scaling from zero to five. And here we were putting it to F80, but we want a little better description than that. So we're gonna go here and then we want to look at that. So if we hit underscore IO underscore, and then remember it was X1, that gets us there. Now, if you're not sure, you could have scrolled through those. If we just hit underscore, then we can see everything and we could go hunt and peck and find it, or we can type it in, whichever is easier on you. And so this is going to be analog input number zero. And then we're going to need to subtract. Okay, so, so 4 to 20 is what we call a live zero. And what that means is when it is zero, it is at 4 milliamp. And when it is at full range, it is at 20 milliamp. So we need to subtract that 4 milliamp, which if we go back and check our engineering units on this, then... We're on 4 to 20, or where was that? That was on that manual. So in the manual there, it told us that we are going to be 4,000 to 20,000. So there's where those numbers are going to come from here. So we are going to subtract 4,000 to take that milliamp signal out of it. And then actually I'm going to put some parentheses around that because I always seem to mess up order of operation. So I'll probably have too many parentheses, but that's okay. And then we're going to divide it by the full range. Now the full range is actually 16 milliamps because it's 4 to 20. 20 minus 4 is 16. So we're going to put 16,000. Actually, you know, I don't know that I would do this, but for clarity, we can put, and also I need my parentheses, 20,000 minus 4,000, which is going to be 16, but maybe when I'm looking at it, you know, years down the road, that might help me remember. 
So that's going to get us actually into a percent of full scale. And so now we need to multiply it by our full scale. And that was, was that five feet? Yeah, so we're zero to five feet here. So we're going to multiply times 5.0. Oh, and we need somewhere to put this, don't we? And I got, uh, I got a little ahead of myself on that one. So we are going to create a tag. And let's just call this tank one level. And that's going to equal colon. So we need to create tank one level. And I'm going to make it a real. That way we can get a decimal place on it. All right, and then I will probably forget this 10 times during this live stream and is at the end of this, you need a semicolon. And that tells it that, okay, you're done with that line. Let's go on to the next line. And especially when doing structured text, it probably doesn't hurt to hit the verify button occasionally. I know I got here, tank one. Tank one level must proceed. Oops, what did I do there? Oh, I got that backwards. Oh, well, here you go. So <laughs> the disadvantage of the live stream is, all right, what did I do? Invalid right argument expecting. Oh, because, okay, this is a good one here. So when I hit the verify button, I get a bunch of errors and that's, that can kind of get intimidating because, okay, this thing right here must precede a real expression. And then it's talking about is expecting you know, a byte or something is if we go and look in our controller variables at our expansion modules, they are integers. So they are whole numbers. And so you, when you're manipulating data, you have to stick with whatever you have. And so what we need to do is convert this integer into a real, or we could specify everything else as an integer. And I do see that done. And then people will like multiply 10 at the end of it, but that's not really, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter in the end, but I think it just looks better to say five or 4.5 feet or something. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the beginning of this and I'm going to type any and you're going to see all the any instructions coming up. And if you're not familiar with those, we got some videos on those, but we're going to find the any to real. And we are going to any to real that value. And now we'll hit our verify. Okay. And that error goes away. Now the colon, that, the semicolon, that's, that's the one that usually whips me. And yeah, so let's take the semicolon out just so you can see what that would look like. So if I hit the verify now, expected, or semicolon expected before this new statement. And if we double click on it, it gets us close to where it is. 
And really, if I see that, I just start looking down the lines, which obviously I only have one right now, but start looking down those and chances are you'll see it. So now we're gonna copy and paste that a couple times because our scale will be similar. In fact, our tank levels will be exactly the same. So let's go ahead and create tank one, or sorry, tank two level, and it's gonna be a real. And then we're gonna have tank two pH, and it's gonna be a real. And we'll go back to our calculations. All right, so the second one will be tank two level, and it is the second input on that expansion module. So, well, let me make sure I'm not making a big assumption. I assume the scaling is the same, zero to five, zero to five. Okay, and then we have a pH, and our pH scaling is 0 to 14. And I really wish, actually, I had a scaling that the, the lower number wasn't a 0, because that's probably a good thing to go through. But we'll save that for a different video. So this one will be tank 2 pH. And we are going to multiply by 14 instead of 5. And go ahead and hit the verify again. And hopefully I got my math right there. Like I said, uh, you know, we, we won't be testing this today. This is more of let's write the program. But I just realized I, as many times as I have told you guys to do this, I, I forgot the most important thing in Connected Components Workbench is I did not set my IP address. So we need to go into our controller here and go to our ethernet setup and configure it because right now it's configured for dhcp and so if you download a program that's configured for dhcp you're going to need something like our sim ipe to write a new i write a new address to it so we're going to configure it for 192.168.110 and our subnets 255.255.255.0 and this one doesn't need a gateway address. But all right, I think, no, there was more to that. I was getting ready to say, I think we're done with our um, calculations, but no, there was something else down here. Okay, so we are setting, settling time in minutes. Okay, so we're making something probably for an HMI screen. Yeah, okay, this was probably read in the HMI. So I'm gonna right click F85 and figure out where this is used at. So we've got a cross-reference. Okay, and so this is the only instance this is used. And if you see something in a program that is the only instance it's used and you're like, well, they're not actually doing anything with it, don't ignore it. Because it could be connected to a larger system, such as a SCADA system, or in this case, there's an HMI that tells you how much more time there is that this needs to settle before it's going to run on through the process. So this is gonna be really, I really wanna go make that timer first. So what I'm gonna do is I'm actually going to create just a spot here because we'll get to that timer fairly quickly. Oops, except for okay, now say so here's where I, I didn't review this, but I still think I like the way I did it because I really wonder why that timer is where it is. 
is I don't want to do that in structured text. I can do that in structured text. I mean, all I'd have to do is put the timer value divided by 60 and we would have it. And I don't know. Actually, yeah, I probably would do it that way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over here to our sequence because that's where it comes from. And I am going to go to the timer tab and bring down a TON instruction. And immediately when you make a TON, it names it something, such as TON underscore one, which is okay, but it's not necessarily the most intuitive thing to find later on. So I'm going to go to my sequence here, or I'm going to go into my sequence here and open up the local variables. So that's where that, because that's where that's created at. And there, yeah, we have ton underscore one. Now, if I could back over to my program and kind of figure this out. Yeah, so this is our settling time. So I'm going to make, I'm going to rename this timer from ton underscore one to settling time. All right, now, now that just, you know, makes it so much clearer what it is. And I see a lot of programs that they're TON1, TON2, TON3. I just think that makes it a lot easier to understand later. So now let's go back to our calculations. And, well, one, we need to create a controller variable. And I do want these to be controller variables, these particular ones, because this is something we're reading from elsewhere, or we're, we're sending elsewhere. So this is the settling time. in minutes. Now, you may be tempted to make this a time data type, but this actually isn't a time data type. Uh, this is a real. If we go back and look at our original program, it's F85, and F8 is a floating type variable. And so that's going to give a decimal of how much, how many minutes are left. So now let's go to calculations. And we're going to put that our settling time in minutes is going to be equal to settling time. Ooh. All right. So I made a mistake there because, yeah, I, I need them. I said that was in a local variable here. And there's where, yeah, I said earlier, I think I would put this over with this one. Because really, I like to group kind of stuff by its function. And this this was probably added later. And and honestly, I did write this. It was added later without a lot of thought because somebody probably wanted a timer. I'm like, yeah, throw a timer in, throw it on the HMI, and we're done. But no, I would actually normally, if I was writing this from scratch, and here's why I don't like the automatic conversion tool up here, the Micrologix to 800 converter is... Really, this is one of those cases. That that little glance of it, I just realized, okay, that, that could have been done a lot better. So I really do want this down here in this sequence. And I probably want it right here with this. So I would probably put a branch here. And then I would bring down an instruction block. And it would be a divide. And okay, first we, we need to assign this elapsed time. So we're gonna create a variable. 
and this will be settling time in my milliseconds. Yeah, MS. And so I'm going to make that a dent. And then we're going to take that same thing. We're going to put it right there. And then make sure I'm on the right track here. Yeah, okay, that was divided by 60. Now, this is in milliseconds, though. So we're going to need to divide by 60,000. Or, can I do that here? Yeah. Or, so I know I want 60 seconds. I can put T number 60S. That's going to tell it 60 seconds. Oh, and it doesn't like it because that's a time data type. Okay. So it would have to be 60,000. And then we're going to put that in settling time in minutes. Okay, now you notice right now there is no preset time. We'll come back to it. Right now I'm trying to still get to that calculations program. I think there was one wrong left. Okay, so then we have a downstream interlock. Okay, and it looks like both of these were probably added at the same time, and they really have to do with more of H, some HMI signals that were needed. And, hmm, I was probably thinking there might be a multi-state needed eventually, but it looks like I only used two states. Now we're going to keep it like that. But I'm going to move this, well, I'm going to move it to the alarms program because I think it makes more sense there. The alarms are really mostly HMI indicators and this is an HMI indicator. So, so there you go. Now you know, guys, I, my programs aren't perfect. But all right, if we, so we're going to go to the alarms. And that was going to be input nine soul. We'll go to the I.O. tab, and we're going to go down to our inputs and find number 9. And then we're going to bring an instruction block down, and this will be a move. And in this case, let me make sure I got these straight. If we have a 1, or if it's examined if closed, then we put a 0 in. So, okay, that one's wrong. But we're going to use it in a second, so let's go and put a branch in. Drag that and that. And yeah, we're going to put a zero here. Copy that. I'm going to paste it here. Oops, got it on the wrong side. There we go. Okay, and this needs to go to, I believe that was an integer. Yeah, so N78. Okay, this is downstream interlock status. So that's what I'm going to name it. So I'm going to double click here. And it's going to default the local variables, but I need this on the HMI, and I, so I'm going to make it a global variable up here. So downstream interlock status. And that will be a dent. Put that there. Okay, and then is that it? 
That is it. So that's it for our scaling. So next we're on our sequence program. All right. So this one, what type of, okay, so this is, and I thought maybe we ought to do a video on this. We did some binary videos, but this is actually putting values into an integer. Actually, this is a double integer to shift bits. And that's how it's tracking it. So yeah, this this was this is actually a pretty good one. Maybe maybe we will um, set this up on a trainer and see if we can do some simulations with it. It might be a good one to kind of talk about sequencing some more. But all right, we're going to start with just building out this basic structure. So we have an XIC greater than or equal to. We have a timer and we have a move. It'd be a miracle if I remember all that, but let's try it. Okay, so we, we have this that we've added, the settling time, and we'll, we'll find a home for it in a little bit. For now, let's bring a rung right above it. We have an XIC. I'm not going to worry, but I'm just trying to build the structure right now. And then we have a greater. Is it greater or greater than equal to? I can't remember now. It's one of the two. And then we end up with an output. Oops, and then we had a timer. No, we don't have an output. We have a move over here. Well, let me just go back and look. We have a move. All right, and there was a branch. Oops, didn't get that right. Timer goes in the top. And there was also an exam that closed there. So let's see, is that the right framework? I think that's about the same. Yep, I think I'm there. So we yeah, have a timer for tank to full. All right, then we have a sequence, and all right, F81 is tank to level, all right, and then that sequence, this L9 colon zero slash zero is the same L9 colon zero right here. We're just looking at bit zero on it. So we should be able to just create a tag right here, and I'm gonna make this one a global variable because it is also in the HMI. We're going to call this sequence. Why does it not like sequence? Did I already create, create sequence? Huh. Well, batch sequence. That's weird. Okay, now, now I'm curious. Huh, I don't know why I can't use the term sequence. I may have never tried, but hey, does anybody know? Sequence. It will not. Uh, came up with something for a second. Oh. Well, I get to stay over. Ah, okay, so sequence must be used internally Oh, no. Okay. 
you can't I can't name it sequence because I named this program sequence or uh, okay I, so I get it now so we'll use batch sequence that's cool all right so the beginning here we had L90 which we've now made sequence and we had slash zero if we want that in connected components workbench we're going to put sequence I'm sorry that was batch sequence batch sequence dot zero and that's going to be the same thing and we can also did that have a description yes it did so fill tank two so I definitely want a description of it but you know I think I ran into this before I don't think I could figure out how to add a description to a bit based off of that. Oops. So that's the, hey, there's something maybe somebody can help me figure out. Is yeah, I cannot. I do not know how to add a description to this. So this is going to make this one really difficult. I'm going to think through that. Because, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to put something in for now, and maybe somebody can tell me exactly how we're supposed to do this. Is what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy that, and we're going to make some rungs down here. And we're going to make a tag called sequence fill tank two. And I'm going to use that. That way, whenever this sequence zero, which is what our sequencer is based off of, whenever bit zero is a one it's going to make sequence fill tank two a one and i'm going to use that that way when i'm visually looking at this i can tell what it is now i think there's probably a way to add a description to this but i know i think i have worked at this one day and i could not figure it out because yeah when you get in the variable selector unless can i put dot zero here nope can't do it Okay, so I don't know how exactly to get by that, but this is how we're going to do it. Um, Alright, so then we're looking at tank 2. So we can just type tank 2 level. And then we are looking for it to be greater than F86. And you, when you're looking here in Logics, or Laris Logics 500, you're going to see the description of the source, or in this case, source A. Now, if you're writing to something like here, you see the description of the destination. Source B, you can't actually see the description of by mousing over or anything. You've got to right-click it and either edit description or go to data table. And so this is tank to full setting. So I'm just going to create a tag that says that. Tank to full setting, and it'll be a real. And then we have a timer, and I don't believe this timer actually is settable externally. So what we're going to do is we're going to right-click 
T4 colon zero and go to cross-reference. And okay, the TON, which is right here, is used, and then and then we have an XIC of the done bit right here. So it's not, you cannot externally write to this, and this was a 10-second timer. So in the case of Connected Components Workbench, I just go right here and type T number 10S, and that'll be a 10-second timer. Oops, if you brew it in the right place, it'll work better. That should have gone right here. Now, I don't have to put an elapsed time tag in if I'm not actually using an elapsed tag. So in this case, we're just going to actually, whoops. Oh no, okay. Now, one thing I didn't do is I haven't actually named this TON. So see, it went in as TON underscore one again. So we want to go to local variables, find that. And in this case, this is tank to full. Oops, so yeah. yeah, that's good. So that'll be tank to full. And then here I can look at tank to full dot dn. I'm sorry, it's not dot dn, it is dot q in Connected Components Workbench. That's, that's one of those stumbling blocks. I do have a video about what all these are. But yeah, we want the Q bit, which replaces the done bit in Studio 5000. And all right, then we're going to move a value to this batch sequence. And we are moving a value of 2. So we're just going to put a 2. All right, so then let's go. What's the next one here? The next one... Actually, the framework, it doesn't look like it at first, but this framework's very similar to what we have up here. It's kind of shifted over a little bit this way. And we have another, we have two greater thans on this one. And then also, hey, here's a multiply just like I did in the other one. And this is how I would group that one. So we're on the right track here. So let's copy and paste rung zero or rung one. this is a good place to start. So first, what is this step actually doing? It is adjusting the pH. So I'm going to go to the bottom and we're going to make sequence number one. This is going to be sequence pH adjusting or adjust pH. Oops, and I need to create that thing. All right, so then we can copy that, and that will go right here. And okay, in this case, we are looking for our pH to be greater than, what is F87? Our pH high setting or hmm, let's see pH low setting I'm not exactly sure why this was done like this but yeah there's probably a reason but usually 
this lower one would have would be a little different but I can't <laughs> it's been a while on this one so I don't really remember why what was done but okay so we've got that so this is gonna be tank to pH and then we need a tank to pH high setting and a tank to pH low setting these are both gonna be global variables so tank to pH high setting it's gonna be a real and tank to pH low setting and it's gonna be a real and we're gonna be looking at the high there and then we need a branch around that and we're actually going to copy this put it right there whoops and then this whoops I didn't did I not enter it? I did not enter it or am I editing the wrong wrong I'm editing the wrong wrong alright well that's why we have the undo key here and yeah we'll put our branch down here in the proper row and then we'll copy that put it there and change this to low and then what do we have we have a pH adjusted timer ah, T4 one this is that timer we've already stuck a little bit of from the scaling yeah t41 okay so yeah this um this rung that we have is going to find a home now all right so adjusting and then we're going to move a value of four when it's done so ph adjusting okay, one thing i didn't catch is when I copied and pasted I put the wrong one in the wrong place let's move that there let's move that there the dangers of copy and pasting alright so now this needs renamed tank to full one is now going to be tank to pH adjusting alright so then this will be tank 2 pH adjusting alright and we're gonna move a value of 4 when it's done okay and then we have we have a value here though so this in this case We are actually getting this value from the HMI. It looks like it's in minutes. So yeah, we're going to have to create something for that. So this will be our pH. Yeah, really, this is our settling time. It's kind of pH adjusted time. pH adjusted time, I guess. That's the cool part about tag-based addressing is if I find out later that it was the wrong thing to put, we can change it. But all right, we're going to go to controller tags. And yeah, we did name that one settling time in minutes. 
Which is wrong, actually. That's settling time left. And um, pH. Let's make a pH settling time. How about that? pH settling time left in minutes. And we're going to create one that'll be P. pH settling time, pH settling setting, jeez, there's a tongue twister, pH settling setting in minutes. And that's going to be a real, it's not actually a timer tag. All right, now let's go see if we can put that in here. So first, this does have to be a time data type. So if I just type pH settling time in minutes or pH, all right, see, it's not even coming up. So there's, there's the whole deal. These are the only ones that are optional or surprise some of those come up though. pH settling setting in minutes, there it is. Okay, if we bring that in, See, it says data mismatch. And that's because if we mouse over this, it says that we're looking for a time data type. And we have this as a real data type. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to extend this branch down right here. And we are going, actually, we don't even have to do that. We can put it right in line, but I think this rung is going to get shoved way out if I do. Um, I don't want to work this. Yeah, let's let's just put it right in front of it. We're going to need that too. We're going to type any again because the any instruction is just great. We have an any to timer variable. And this one will be our pH setting, pH settling setting in minutes. I got to work on that name, but that will be it. And then, well, we're not quite ready to convert it yet. We're going to need an intermediate step here. I just realized that because this is in minutes and we want to get this to milliseconds. Well, this any to time is going to convert whatever you have here to milliseconds. So this needs to be in milliseconds. So we need, and here's where, okay, I probably was right. This probably needed to be on its own rung. And then, yeah, we can see already this is getting, see how it's getting messy here. And one thing I don't like about Studio or about Connected Components Workbench is it doesn't, kind of kick the um, rungs down or it doesn't, what is it, or it doesn't wrap the rungs or at least I haven't figured out how to make that view. So it just keeps going out to the right where you have to use the scroll bar. So we're going to just bring another rung down, but actually we already have the rung. It's right here. Here's our settling time. So we are going to actually modify this rung. And first I am going to actually, yeah, we're going to drag this. All right, this is a ton. Oh, because we added that ton. That's actually the ton we're looking for there. Got to keep track of where I'm at on this. Settling time in minutes or in milliseconds. That does go right here. Oops, no. I haven't created that yet. There it goes. Yeah, we're good there. Then this goes away. And then, yeah, we need to take this part. 
and just move it down here. And the reason we're moving this down here is just organizational wise to keep our brain straight. Is that lung was getting ready to get way too big. And really when I'm troubleshooting it, the main thing I'm going to know is, is it in this step right here and what are these values? Because that's going to start this timer and that's what's going to get us through the sequence. This one right here is more of just figuring out some math for it. All right, but we have, where was I even then? We are going to need, okay, we have an any two time. Okay, and then we needed an instruction before because we had to get that into milliseconds. So we are going to do a MUL or multiply. And our I2 is actually going to be this. In fact, this ends up being the opposite of what's right below it. Because here we're dividing to figure out our stuff in minutes. Here we're going to multiply to figure it out in milliseconds. So this is 60,000.0. And this input is going to be that setting, settling setting time. Man, I've got to rename that. Setting, pH setting, pH settling setting in minutes. That's what we want. And then we're going to need to put it somewhere, though, just as an intermediate step. In fact, fortunately, yeah, I don't know. There's not a real clean way to pull that off otherwise. But we only need one, though. So we're going to go here, and we're going to make a pH. And Man, I just can't think of another word, term for this, but it should be better. pH settling setting in ms or milliseconds and that's still at this point we're still a dent i'm sorry we're still a real so we're gonna need that and we're gonna put it right there and we're also gonna put it right here and now we're gonna need it one more time because we need ph settling setting in time I know that's a lot of crazy settling setting things, but so pH settling setting in time. And this will be a time data type. So we're gonna bring that, and then this tag is gonna be right here. Okay, now one problem is this is in milliseconds. So I see already we got a we got a um, yellow triangle here. I brought that in from the other program. We kind of stuck it here, but it's going to have the same thing. It's going to need this any two to get us in something we can work with. So we're going to bring down another rung. I'm sorry, another instruction, and this will be an any two, and we want an any two real here. Oh, and yeah, so I've got a video coming out here in <laughs> um, probably next week. Uh, you notice the any 2 reel is missing. And I don't fully understand why, but they consider in the logics view the STOR, the STOR, which is a string to reel conversion, they consider it to be the any 2 reel. So just be aware of that. I just figured that out uh, not too long ago. But so this needs to go here. And man, we got to make another one of these crazy pH settling setting things. Because now we need pH 
settling setting uh, Tom left. Alright, yeah. Or I'm just going to put ET in Tom. It laps Tom in the Tom format, and it'll be a Tom. So that goes there. Then we can copy that and put it right there. And there we go. Oh, why does that get an error? Oh, why did I not do a reel on this? This should be a reel. That's a mistake on my part. So settling time in MS, the only one that actually isn't a tongue twister, oops, is wrong. Oh, come on now. So that, well, should be a reel. Alright, we've done enough here. It wouldn't hurt to go ahead and hit this verify button up here and let's just see what we might have wrong. And that's always a refreshing surprise when actually you have no errors in the program. Alright, so the next one we're going to do, so we've gotten through batch sequence number two, now we need, I'm sorry, number one, now we need number two. There we go. And alright, this looks very much like rung zero, or rung one. Have a little bit of trouble. These in RS Logix 500, you start with zero on your rungs. Connected components, you actually start with one. But this rung is very similar to the one we're getting ready to do, so I am going to copy it. And then I'm going to come right down here and we're going to paste it. And alright, first let's go ahead and get this batch sequence in. And I'm hoping somebody will tell me a way to label these. Because that's the only reason we're doing these three rungs down here, is I need to label each one of these bits. And I just can't figure out how to do it. But this will be empty tank 2. So we're going to call this... Sequence empty tank two, and it'll be a boolean. And then we can take this and put it in place of that. And okay, so first this is empty tank two, not tank two full. So let's go ahead and edit it. find that and it will be tank 2 empty back here okay and what does it call for for tank 2 to be empty all right well tank 2 has to be less than tank 2 empty setting which makes sense so we're going to create a tank 2 empty setting and it'll need to be a global variable or a controller variable because we're going to set it on the HMI. So this will be tank to empty setting. And that will be a real. And so this will change to an LEQ. And this will be tank to empty setting. 
and this will be tank two empty queue. And probably this is not settable, but we're going to cross reference T4 colon two. And yes, it is only used right here, this little bit. So there's just a 10 second delay, just to probably, and probably, there was probably some turbulence in the water. So it was just to make sure that it was um, actually reading okay. So first of all, that goes right here. So, oh, all right, it already is. That one's set to 10 seconds from the first one. And then what are we moving? A value of four? Oops, I think I may have skipped one, or did I? Let me double check that one. We're moving a value of eight. So move up a little bit. Ooh, I missed a, did I, I no, okay, it's right here. Four, that's the run we added. So then we're gonna have eight. Okay, and then what do we have? All right, and I mean, that's why I thought this program was really good. We just went through a really basic three-step sequencer and really with a little bit of massage, and you should be able to put this into um, your trainer and make it work, but okay. In these conditions right here, we're really going to just reset our sequence. And, okay, it looks like there's a button to reset the sequence. We reset it on power up. We reset it, actually, if it's, and I say reset, reset's not the right word. The sequence starts at one. So if we have a value of zero, or mainly we're less than one, we're going to move a one to it. And then, yeah, for greater or equal to eight. So when we get to eight, which means our tank is empty, the process starts over. All right, so we need to add three branches here, two over here. We're just going to start building the structure out. So run down and we're going to bring a couple branches and then we're going to click the bottom of it and right click. Oh, come on now. Why does it not let me grab that? I think I have to actually put something in easily to grab that. So yeah, we'll go ahead and put something in. Let's bring an instruction block down. And now we can probably, yeah, now we can insert it. So below, need one more. That gets us close. All right, then we have greater than or equal to a less and two XICs. GQ instruction block for a less LES and then we have that that up here we have unlatch and we have a move Okay, and I think all these have to do with our batch sequence. So we can copy that batch sequence, put it right there, and put it right there. And if it was if it was less than one, or if it's greater than eight, and then we have first pass. You know, um, hmm, we'll have to, there we go. Power up bet. My wild guess is that is it. Let me see if I can Google real quick. But I believe. That is our first pass.
Hmm. Well. <laughs> I may have to look at that a little more. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the first pass. Well, let's see what our other options are. Project incomplete. Suspend ID. I feel that probably is. Probably good. Yeah, let's just see if maybe F1 happens us on that. Okay, so yes, I F1 and then I searched over here for that bit and yeah, it is true only on the first scan after a power up or running new ladder for the first time. So that is the bit we're looking for. So that way every time we cycle power, it starts over. And that last one was, what is it just called sequence reset? Yeah. So we're going to make a global variable because I'm, this is on the HMI that says sequence reset. And it will be a Boolean tag. So sequence reset. And we'll have that same, that's what it's unlatching over here. That way the HMI puts a 1 there. And when it's done resetting, it sets it back to a 0. Sequence reset. And then in this case, we're going to be moving a value of 1 to the batch sequence. All right, so that takes care of our sequence. Well, let, me, let me make sure before I jump the gun and say that. Yeah, so that's the end of that one. And now what are our outputs? But yeah, I didn't actually think about it, but this one's good because uh, somebody asked recently how to do HOAs in an HMI. And this is how I would do it in Connecting Components Workbench, although I wouldn't, again, I'm not going to use N7 colon 0 for it. I'll probably, actually, I'll probably create an array. Yeah, I'll create an array of integers, and that's how we'll do it. So let's go ahead and start that. We're going to go over here, and we'll open up our outputs. And, you know, just for housekeeping, one, I'm going to close all these. Ooh. Well, I was getting ready to save, but let's make sure we save everything. But yeah, mainly, I haven't saved this at all while we've been doing this, so I probably ought to hit that save button. All right. So we had an equals, and then we had a branch, and then we had another equals. And then the bottom rung, we had an AFI. AFI. Now, an AFI is an always false input. And that means no matter what, it is going to be evaluated as false. And this is more of a place marker. In fact, um, hopefully it's not a lot of them. Yeah, output zero wasn't used for some reason. or It got removed or not. Oh, yeah, output zero um, on the on this one had some high speed uses and I was probably thinking we might would add some high speed output for something so I left it open but all right then we're gonna energize our output so we'll go right here and we're gonna go to our IO tab and there we are spare zero and then we need to create 
a tag for this. And here's where, yeah, I, I would not, I don't think I create one for each one of them, but okay, we have 20 outputs, zero through 19. So I would create a tag, let's just call it HOA outputs. And this is gonna be an int, but then for our data type, oh, my mind's going blank on how to do this now. I feel like I'm getting ready to do something wrong. So this is probably wrong, but that's how you do it in Studio 5000, but yeah, it doesn't like it. Because I know there's some dots required. <laughs> and we're probably gonna have to hit F1 to figure this out because, that, is that it? Oh, there it is, okay. Oh, okay. In this, you can specify the beginning and the ending, which is kind of cool. Um, in our case, we are going zero through 19. So we're gonna do zero dot dot 19. And that's gonna be our HOAs. So we end up with 20 of them here. So this will be output zeros HOA. This will be output ones, twos, threes, and so forth. So now let's go over here and we'll just put HOA output and then open bracket zero close. So this is gonna be the one that controls output zero. And you know, I go back and forth and a lot of times I will build out the structure for all the outputs. In this case, I'm not going to, I'm even putting this one in because it was the first one. Uh, but I probably will stop short one because this is, we're streaming this. But all right, then we have a value of one and a value of two. So right here, we're gonna put a one. Right here, we're gonna put two. And what this is gonna say is if our HOA, first, if it's a value of zero, there is no true path through. And so all for my HOAs is zero on the. And then if we have it as a value of one, it's hand. So you switch it to hand, it's gonna be a value of one, and that's gonna make output one come on. And then we have two, which is gonna be auto, and that's gonna make it run whatever the auto sequence is. And since it's a spare, we have an AFI in it. So we're gonna just copy and paste that and then get to something that actually has it. Okay, well, then the second one, of course, is an exception because it's the alarm light. Now, why did I do the alarms this way? That's, that's the grand question. It looks like they're is there warnings and alarms here? Let me just see. So we're gonna cross-reference. Actually, let's just go to the data table. And go to usage. Huh. I have no idea why I did it this way, but I did. But we're not gonna do it this way this time. We're going to create, do I wanna do that? Yeah, I do. So we're going to go to our controller variables and we're going to create a tag called alarm bits and this will be a dent and so that's going to give us 32 Ooh, that's going to give us 32 bits and why was I able to open this one up now I still can't comment it I still would love to figure out how to comment the individual bits but okay Moving on before I end up in a squirrel moment here. Go back here. In this case, for this one, this is our alarm light. Output number one. And we're going to take this out. 
And over here we had these four branches, but we can actually just, in this case, I don't know why I didn't, I could have looked for B3 colon four to not be zero, because if any of these are on, it's gonna be zero. And that's what I'm gonna do on this one, is we're just gonna change this to an NEQ or not equal to zero, and we're gonna look at our alarm bits. And that'll make our alarm light come on whenever any of our bits are on. Okay, so number two. Oh, and here's, <laughs> so I sat there and explained the HOA and said, let's move on to something that, um, where it'll make sense. But yeah, the next two are not. But okay, then we go. All right, now we're actually showing some stuff. But all right, we're going to do the alarm buzzer next. And okay, it has an alarm silence on it. So we're going to create a bit for alarm silence, and that's a button. Oh no, okay, it was a button on the screen. Okay. So, in this case it's on the screen, so it's going to come down here. It'll be alarm silence. And bring a rung down. Then first, yeah, we're gonna, let's just build the structure out that we have. So we got, we got a branch, examine it off, and an output energize, and then we have a branch. And then we have, oh no, the alarm silence was, is a physical input, okay. Let's see, examine it, close, 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 and output energize. Closed, closed. Okay, and in the end, this turns on output too, so it's gonna put that in. We have alarm silence, so this is alarm silence. And then we have alarm light. Actually, we have alarm light both up there. I think I gotta clean that up a little more, but. You know, I think you know, I think I think I said that we're going to start doing some on looking at some of old programs, and I'm going to nitpick mine probably first. That way, nobody thinks I'm being cruel. But yeah, even looking at this, I could have done a lot of things different. But it is a functional program. But yeah, it looks like there is some room for improvement. Okay, so we have the alarm silence button or alarm silence. Now, alarm silence. So you notice there, I didn't have to type this long thing. I can. That's one thing I do like about connect components is, you know, one you can use spaces. I mean, you can so you can have a really legible description, 
or alias is not because it's not exactly the same as an alias in Studio Five Thousand. Well, that's what they label it as, but you, it just it really works smooth on that. But okay, that takes care of that wrong. Next, let's bring down another wrong. And honestly, I'm gonna skip this next one. It is a spare wrong. Oh no, it's not gonna take long. I can copy and paste it. So yeah, just click there, copy and paste. And then we'll bring this down. Oops. Well, why is it not letting me drag? My scroll isn't working. Okay, so this will be number three, which is a spare. But then this is going to be three. And I'm just building the structure out. Really, there's not, honestly, I don't think there's a tremendous amount of reason to. But I probably, when I was writing this, I probably expected these to be something. And for some reason, they didn't end up being anything. But okay, now we're going to go, all right, now we have, huh, okay, this pump. It's like this pump occasionally circulates. It looks like every, th every three minutes or three 300 seconds, it runs for 30 seconds. So this is a flash on, flash off that we've we've done some before. But all right, let me make sure where this is used. Okay, and yeah. So it is used to run this pump occasionally. So probably the system had a little bit of issue of settling, maybe solid settling in it. So to keep it from clogging up, just occasionally you turn that pump on. Okay, so we have pump one. Let's call this. Let's see if we can um, not into that setting settling thing again. This will be pump one circulate on and pump one circulate off. And that's so we'll just make some local variables for those. Let me close some of this up. Make sure it's okay. So we're going to have pump one circulate on and it'll be a timer and we're going to have pump two or no pump one circulate off so just thought about this is not the right this isn't how i would do that i would create the tons normally let's just take them back out and yeah all right bring down the wrong and to start building the structure out for it. So we would have an examiner of open. We're going to have a TON. And then we're going to have an examiner closed. And then we're going to have a TON. Alright, now I would go here to local variables. Which actually, let me go back there so we can see it is we end up with TON1, TON2. This is our circulate on, this is our circulate off. So this will be pump1 circulate on and this will be pump1 circulate off, circulate. So now yep, they come in and 
So this will be pump one circulate all dot q and this is going to be pump one circulate on dot q and let's make sure so yeah pump one off turns on the ton pump one on circulate actually yeah i'll just spend some time probably we this is a really difficult one for a lot yeah all right circulate's a difficult word i spelled it wrong there but this is a difficult program here for a lot of people to understand they know it works and this is how we make flashing lights this is how we make cascading timers when they call types of neat things with them but a lot of people really don't know how they work but okay we have looks like neither of these are settable let's double check so cross-reference okay we're using the tt mainly i don't see a pre our pre or a preset over here and we'll double check this one again yeah no preset so we're not changing this time so we're 30 on 300 off so go over here and this will be t number 30s and this will be t number 300s or no since we know you know 300s let's make sure we understand that that that's specifying seconds now there's five this is actually five minutes so 300 divided by 60 is five minutes so if I know it's five minutes and I don't want to do the math, I can just put in 5M. And that's going to be five minutes. So this would be 30 seconds on, five minutes off. And really this, so again, going back to, you know, these you know automatically converting programs compared to at least going through it. Here's a good example. This is so much clearer, 300 seconds on, five minutes off, compared to 300, or 30 seconds on, five minutes off, compared to, 30 seconds on, 300 off. I mean, yeah, we can figure it out, but there could be some crazy number in that 300 spot. And that's why, yeah, this just works really well. All right, that takes care of that. So our next rung, I believe, is actually where I was hoping to get to to show you the HOA. Okay, so yeah, now we're finally to something halfway functional. Because yeah, even this one, this has to do with um, the valving. But all right. So we have an EQU, and this is our HOA, and then, oh, okay. So we have an interlock. So what this is, is pump one can run to tank two, or it can run to tank one, depending on the valving of it. So we have to have a little time to make sure that the valves shift. But all right, HOA for output four. And let's just start building the structure out. So equal XIC, couple graders ends, an XIC, and an OTE. So equal. And then a greater than. And we have a branch around it. We have another one. And then we have an XIC. And then we have an OTE. 
Oops, wrong OTE. It's a negated one. Okay, did I actually get all that? Let's see. Equal, greater, greater. XSC, I think that's close. Yes, it is. Okay. So we're going to be at HOA output number four and sequence fill tank. So HOA outputs number four. And then this will need to be a two. I think that was two. Was that two? Yep, two. Oh, whoops, I left an XIC out there. And so this will be sequence fill. Oops, I guess it isn't working. I don't remember what it is, so we're going to have to go up here and look. Yeah, sequence fill tank two. I don't know why I couldn't find it, but there we go. Ooh, because I, hey, yeah, so I made a mistake. I sat here and I made all of the sequence outputs. Even though I made the sequence a global variable, I did not make these global variables. So these one, yeah, these three need to be global variables. What if I can just cut them out? Can I cut them? Says I can. Let's see if I can just paste them up in um, the controller variables. Yes. All right, so now we got to output. So just so we understand what happened there, yeah, if you have a local variable, you can only access it from the local program. If we have a controller variable, we can access it from any of them, and it's easier at least to access them from the outside. So that's what we did there. All right. We're looking for tank one level. It's greater than, what are these? Cross reference. Tank one start pumping setting. Tank one stop pumping settings. So let's create those two. These will be controller variables as well. Tank one. Start pumping setting, and it'll be a real tank one stop pumping setting, and it'll be a real. All right, so we're looking at tank one, so we just type tank one level, and then right below that was tank one start pumping. And then tank one, and then tank one stop pumping. And then, all right, we have run pump number one, pump one to tank one. Okay. I don't think I can simplify that either. That is what it is. So that will be run pump one. Tank one to, oops, tank one to what? Make sure I am. Tank one, pump one, run pump one, pump one to tank two. 
How about run pump one to tank two? Let's simplify a little bit. I think it's still clear. Run pump one to tank two. And that'll be a Boolean. And we'll take that same tag and we'll put it right there. All right, and I think we're finally to <laughs> the HOA that I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll explain that in just a second. All right, so yeah, here is more of what you would typically see on the HOA. And I probably should do a video just about this. So in this case, we're on number four, which is pump one's HOA. And first, if it's zero, there are no true conditions that will go through. So our HOA in position off, or HOA, I'm assuming you know what that means. That's a handoff auto. In the off position, it's a value of zero. So we can never run pump one. And so one is hand, and so you'll see it with almost nothing else in it, usually nothing. Because I kind of believe hand is hand. You put it there, you take the risk of burning whatever up. And then you have auto. And it's going to have whatever conditions you happen to need to run in auto mode. But all right, so now we should be able to copy and paste that first wrong and give us a little bit of structure to work with. So I'm going to copy this. And then we're going to paste it here. Oops, paste the one too high. All right, so this is output number four. So this will be HOA4. This is HOA4. And this will be number four. Okay. Now, honestly, I don't know if there's a lot to gain and actually showing this because at this point we're getting pretty redundant i mean there is more conditions here and maybe we could do a video on how exactly this works if somebody's really interested but this is a conversion so i think we've kind of shown the conversion through there the last thing we really have is the alarms let me just browse through here see if the, anything really jumps out now i think i think we've um i think we've covered all this yeah so now let's just go to the alarms because, yeah, I can do the rest of this offline, but mainly let's just see what else there may be to cover. Okay, here, yeah, let's go through these alarms because these are all really good ones to have. As first, this has separate control power or has separate PLC power compared to its control power. So one thing, that way your PLC is up if, say, you short out an input. So one thing you want to know is, is that input on or off? And that's what we're doing here. Is if there's no control power, then we're going to make an alarm for it. And we do have a delay on most of these because you don't want, one, you don't, if you have an erratic problem, you really don't need 100 alarms a minute. But also, yeah, it just helps with, you know, operators don't, they want to know when something's wrong, but they don't want to know, they, you don't need to nuisance indicate to them. So let's go ahead and put this in. So we're going to be in our alarms program now. Okay, and already we have that downstream interlock we um, stuck over here. And it probably does fit here. We'll put this above it, though. And let's examine if open. And again, I, I don't remember what input that was. But I know, I, I think I labeled it as no control power. So I can just start typing no and maybe get lucky. No, I'm not going to get lucky. Nope, didn't get lucky. Okay, well, then we will either look here. It's input 5. And then we'll, oh, 24. 24 volt power okay 
So there's that. And then we're going to need a branch. We need an output. This will be a TON. And so here's an example. I don't particularly care about this TON anywhere else. So I don't know that I really need to name this one. This one, in this case, I might would leave it just as TON1 because it is localized just to this area. So we're going to put T number 5S and we're going to put TON1.Q and in that case, we made some alarms. Let me see if I can find it. We made alarm bits and that's going to be dot zero. So this way, if our control power drops out for more than five seconds, we're going to sound an alarm and it'll be alarm bit zero. Still would love to have a description on bit zero and I don't know how to do that. All right, we're going to copy and paste that wrong. And we do have to be careful when we copy and paste there because see the two, if, it, if we were really, yeah, we just need to be careful about that because notice the pasted rung went above it and it has the two in it. So this no longer works. We want to drag this down. And yeah, this one is going to be two. Now I'm not really that OCD that I want this to be one, two, three. If you are, you need to label them as something other than that because yeah, as we copy and paste stuff, then we could end up with one somewhere else that's not going to lay out that pretty. But all right, what do we have here? So this is tank one high level. And we're looking for tank one to be greater than, probably tank one high level settings, my wild guess, tank one high alarm level. So in this case, we're going to bring down a greater. This will be tank one level. And this needs to be a global variable because we're going to set it on the screen. Be tank one high alarm setting. High alarm? Yeah. That, eh, no, actually, I would do it. Tank one high alarm level. That way we know it's a level. Real. Okay. And that was 10 seconds on that one. All right, then we have that. And is there anything else to really learn? I think we can figure that wrong out. This is more of the same. Looks like this one, the alarm is settable, but that's doable. All right, and we are... Now, here's, here's another one of those. I have not figured out how to do in connected components. So in this case, I... And actually, it may not be that necessary connected components, but it is here. Um... In this case, I copy the input word, which is the 16 bits of inputs 0 through 15, to a binary integer or an integer with binary format. And you can't do this in connecting components that I know of. In other words, I cannot specify our inputs to the word level. Because if I go over here to my controller tags, Really, they just start being listed. So either you can't do it or maybe somebody can show me. Maybe there is some hidden way to address. I don't know. What happens if I address I-O-E-M-D-O? Uh, no, it's going to come up as a bad, a bad address. So I don't know how 
to actually do this. But what I'm doing here is it seems like with some HMI I was using, you couldn't directly read inputs and outputs. I think that's what was going on. That's how I started this. But in Connected Components Workbench, you can directly read inputs and outputs with an HMI. So this actually is fairly unnecessary. Let's see. And actually on the HMI, we're showing, we show where the water's going, when the pumps are on and things are happening. So that's all this is doing is different conditions or making different ones come on. But I, I, uh, I don't think there's a lot to go there. And actually that would make good for the HMI series though. Maybe I should build this out a little bit in the HMI series. And then, yeah, we can show how you can, you know, graphically show that, all right, our pump is kicked on. Change your pipe color so everybody knows water's flowing through it or put some of the arrows that are kind of going along. It might be, might would be a good thing. But okay, so I have gotten through my first live stream. And yeah, okay, I had down that that should take about two hours and... We're at 1256. Yeah, well, and we were seven minutes late because yeah, my um my technical guru, um, Michael, was not here to fix my sound issue or my streaming issue, but we did get online, and I hope this has been helpful. Uh, if you'd like to see more of these, then let me know. Put you know put what you'd like to hear it on or anything like that. And yeah, make sure you subscribe and hit that like button. Till next time.